0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay. Parshas that more, guys. We're going to talk about the Mikhalel toward the end of the Club Perk Chav a good Yedalet. The line is, Hotse is the Makawal Michutzamachna, take the Makawal out, that blasphemer, bring him out to outside of the camp. Bisomhu Kola Shomizidemo Rosho, all those who heard this man curse out God. They're going to lean their hands on top of his head. The rug muoso koloido, and the entire Ado will then stone him. The stoning will then happen afterward. That's going to, That's what's going to happen with the Makalo itself. Now, there's a lot of things that we need to concentrate on here. When the pasuk says hashomim, right? It says some who ha shomim that those who heard it leaned their hands down. Rashi says it refers to the witnesses who came to court claiming they had heard him say what he had said. The word kol, kol all of those who listen includes the judges. Since the witnesses have to say out loud what they had heard, the judges are going to hear curses as well. So not only did the witnesses hear this guy blaspheme Hashem and say something horrible about Hashem, but the judges heard the witnesses say it again because they say to the judges, what did the guy say? And they can't say, well, he blasphemed Hashem. They have to say straight out, this is what he said. So not only do the witnesses put their hands down, but also the judges as well. And Targum Yonason says the same thing. It's the witnesses and the judges. Rashi says these witnesses and judges are the ones who actually stone him. Even though the wording of the Pasek is, kol o eda, the entire Ada went and stoned him, that does not mean that the Ada took stones, like we sometimes picture in our head, that they all stood around and they kept throwing stones at him until he died. No, that's not what happened. The witnesses are the ones that throw him off the cliff. The judges are the ones who stood there and decided whether or not he would get a stone on top of him. First they did one big stone, and if that didn't kill him, they did other stones. But they're the ones who were involved. The rest of the Ada were allowed to walk. Much. They were allowed to see it, to get rid of the evil from their hearts, to know that this is such a bad thing that this guy got killed for it. But the Ada was not allowed to stone it because you can imagine a rabble who had stones in their hands would do something wrong with it. Something would go wrong so they don't do this. Says Rashi, we learn from here a concept called shlucho shel Adam that the shliach of a person is like him himself. And therefore, even though the Ada, the people there, did not stone him, it's as if they stoned him because the witnesses served as the shluchim, as the messengers for everybody else there. That's the concept of shlucho sholadim Komoso. All this is from the Torah's Kwanim, where it's clear that the edim are the ones to stone him. The wording in the pasach is yada edim Tiabo berishona. The hand of the edim is on him first. They're the ones who do everything. They're the ones who get involved. They understand what they need to do when they go ahead and do it. The chizkuni says as many people as possible that could be there were there. They weren't involved. They didn't stone him. They didn't get involved in that. But if they could be there, they should be there. And he says the following. He says, even though this is obviously a zilzal to Hashem's name, That to hear that somebody blasphemed Hashem, somebody said something horrible, you'd say, get everybody out. Let's not let anybody know about this. Let's make sure that nobody hears about this because to hear about this is even bad. Says the Chizkuni, it's a bigger Kiddush Hashem to see this guy killed for only, so to speak, blaspheming Hashem, for cursing out God's name. That's something that could be huge for the nation. The nation would learn an unbelievable lesson for it. We all know there are seven mitzvahs noach. The sheva mitzvahs noach are the big three. Gili Rai, Shichus, Avodah, And then Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalit. Eber, Minachai, Gezel, and Din. The Bay stands for Bircha Sashem. Even a non-Jew is killed. For birchas Hashem, for cursing out God, it's a euphemism. Obviously, blessing Hashem, it's a euphemism to mean that if you curse out God, cursing out Hakadosh Baruch is something that we cannot allow anyone to do in the world. Jew, non-Jew alike, they're all going to be punished for it. Everybody gets wrong. Says this is the biggest kiddush Hashem you will possibly make. Do it in front of everybody. Have everyone there. Make sure everyone knows. So there's an interesting line. Ayelis Hashachar points out that there's a Gemara in Kedushan. Those who know the second parak of Kedushan, of Abays, the Gemara goes through a whole bunch of things. Where do we know that Shlucho Shaladim Kamoso? How do we know that the Shliach of a person has the status of the person himself? Where's the Makor? Where's the source for that idea? And the Gemara can't find one. The Gemara says there is no source. The Gemara goes on, and we don't know, it's a Svara. The Gillian Ashas, Rabbi Kiva Eger on the side of the daf points out this Rashi. says, How could the Gemara not know a source? Rashi says the source is right here. That says, Ragmoa Sokoa Ada, and it's not the Ada, it's the Edom around there. The Edom are doing it. So why does it say the entire Ada? Says Rabbi Kiva Eger, why isn't it there? He answers. He answers, this is, uh, the Yelas Ashachar, uh, me Steiman, answers, maybe Shlichos by Gittin and Kedushin is totally different from this kind of shlichus. He answers like this. He says, by both, by Gittin and Kedushin, there's a halos. There's something that makes the Gittin finalized. The Get is finalized. The Kedushin is finalized. Something makes the Kedushin happen. Something makes the Gittin happen. There's something like that that goes back to the Mishaleach, that they're now married, they're now divorced. Something happens like that. Here, there may be a shlichus, but it's not that there's a halos. Meaning the death happens, but it's not like all of a sudden we're saying, and now he's dead. Even if there were no other people that they're the shluchim of. The Misa happened. It's not like we need something to happen from it. The shliach that we're looking to find a makor for over there in that Gemara is a shliach that represents somebody else to make the kedushin, to make the Gittin. Here, it's not about making something happen. It's just we're also involved. The whole Eidah should be involved in killing somebody who blasphemed Hashem. That's one answer that's given. The Panam Yafo says it's different. You have a mitzvah that's a chiyuv on the public, then one person can be motzi everyone else. The like Kiddush, for example. Everybody's chayv and Kiddush. Well, one rabbi, one person can get up and make Kiddush and be mozi everybody else there. Because everybody's chayv kiddish. Kiddush. This guy's making Kiddush for them, good. Then one guy can be motzi everybody else, and that's fine. Why does that work? Why does that work? Because everybody's connected to one another. So too, if one guy stones this man, then it's as if everybody was involved in the stoning. That's fine. That applies to everybody in the people. This, by getting in Kiddushin, it's different. That's for an individual. For an individual, how do I know that Shalikos works? The fact that I can make Kiddush and be motzi all of you, I can blow a shofar and be motzi all of you. I can read Parsha Samalik and be motzi all of you. All of those are great. But that's a shlucho shaladim kamoso in a tsibor setting. That might be learned from over here. But shlucho shaladam kamoso in a yachid setting, that if I need to do something, I can ask somebody else to do it for me. And that shliach is like I'm doing it myself, like by getting in Kedushin, who says that works. For a tsibor, it works. How about an individual? That the Gemara doesn't want to prove from here. It's a different case altogether. That's the the Afla says that answer, and that's also an awesome answer. The Nachlas Yaakov says it very simply as well. The Khiv to stone this man is only on the Edim. The Ada is not Khayev to stone him, the Ada is Khayev to watch. Therefore the idea of Shluchoshlod and Kamoso is sort of like it's sort of like tongue in cheek. It's as if they're all stoning him, but they never needed to in the first place. By getting in condition, you're asking, can somebody do it for me? do the chiyah for me, to actually accomplish the mitzvah for me. That's a totally different issue than what we're dealing with over here. That's on the Nachlas Yaakov. The Tami Dekra, Rav Chaim also has an answer. We're going to skip out to something else. The Panach Raza and the Rambam, in Hilchus of Urezara, is in Yud, says, all the witnesses and the judges who heard the words of this mikala, who heard the cursed words of this guy, they're required to do smicha, on the head of the guy who had done something wrong. They do smicha, like you would do on an animal, a korban. When you're confessing your sins, you do actual smicha on top of that person. I don't know if this is true or not. I heard from a guy who knows these types of things, that not in the confessionals, you know, the private confessionals, but when you go to a priest directly, when you go up to a priest directly, the priest, when he absolves you of your sins, he puts his hands over the head of the penitent and, so to speak, allows him to become forgiven. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does is is anybody... Yeah? You've seen this before? It's, it's like uh, they have like, those big, like, big... Yeah. Guys, they, like, they, they press your hand... and They, like, they, it, they do something. something. Yeah. So, the so it's interesting. It's so the evangelicals. That might be a little bit different from Catholics or whatever. They, what do they do? I'm not comparing. We already talked about last week about taking things from others. But, like, the concept of this smicha is the exact opposite of that. It's almost as if they're saying by putting the hands on, they're absolving of your sins. Almost as if, I don't even know what they're doing. They're like pulling in your sin and like throwing it up to the heavens. I don't know what they're doing. Our concept of smicha is that we're giving our sins to the animal who is being shechted in our place. When we do smicha on an animal, a korban chatas, for example, you're putting your hands down and you're doing vidur, you're confessing, saying, I did horribly, I should be dying for this. But I'm confessing my sins, I'm giving my sins over, so it says, if the animal is dying for me. That's what the, the idea of smicha is. That's the idea of what smicha is supposed to represent. Of course, it's a chok, and we don't really know, but this is sort of the idea. So over here by the McAllow what these guys are doing are putting their hands on the head of this person over here and this is what the Paneach Raz and the Rambam say what they're doing is they're doing on top of the head itself and they did it one by one one aid then the second aid then a judge then the other judge then the other judge 23 judges because you require for for something that's a of Misa 23 at least judges and they go one by one and they're giving their sins over to the Makala not just all of their sins the sin that they had to get involved in such a case that they were involved in this that's what they're doing over here yeah does so that work by people who did a and that, you know, they an animal? Is that the same idea? Or they die- Normally, yeah. That's the idea of what the chattas is with smicha. You're giving over, so to speak, your sins to that cow. As if, to say. You know, to say, like, this animal is dying for me. And so to here about the makal, it's the same basic idea. The kest of Mishnah says straight out there that you should not think that one person did it for everybody else. We just said, shlucho shaladim kamoso, right? That a shlia can take the place of everybody else. You can't have one guy do smicha and everybody else is involved. Anyone who heard it directly, the adim, the dayanim, they had to do it. They had to put their hands down, but no one else did it. Sort of like, like tnufa, the waving of the levim, which we'll see in parsh baloska. There, if you wave one levy, right, up and down, which was a strange thing, but the waving of the levy where you shook him like a lulav, one guy might be able to go to everyone Else. this is more like the Lula of an estrog that we have where everyone does their own tinufa there was their own chiv and so too there was their own smicha that they did itself before we go on you should just know the ayelas Sashaka Rav Shchaiman asks he says he asked, if one was Chayev to do smicha do you have to do it like you do by an animal by an animal you have to lean on the animal with all of your might you have to lean as if you have nothing else you go like that onto the animal set so your mamish doing smicha with both hands and all of your strength on top of the animal, animal itself. Do you have to do that by the Macalo? Did they all put their hands on the makal and press down on the makal and do it that way one by one by one? He says, I don't know the answer to that question. To me, it seems like this din is a chiddish. That smicha by an animal is written in the Torah. This smicha was a chidish dikadin and therefore could not be learned from anyone else. By animal, you're putting your sins on the animal itself. Here, you're not putting any sins on the person. You're just saying this sin that you did is on you. So it seems to me to be different. So when you're putting your sins on the animal, you don't have to put all of your strength, so to speak, on the animal. When you're allowing this guy to die, knowing that he's going to die, it might be that you don't have to go fully on top of the animal. That's what I thought. What were you going to say? Yeah. Capurus, yeah. Most people do it themselves. Kaporas by the chicken, you in mean? That's how yeah. But there's a nusah Khalifa pasim. Right. So seemingly that would be a contradiction where we are allowing. Of Kaparos or... I, you know, Kaparos really dealt with what we talked about last week with Nihush. There's a lot of shilas on how it works and how, why Kaparos is the way it is. Yes, that's a good question. I don't have a great question as to why. I don't have a great answer as to why we do what we do by Kaparos. There's a lot of Minhagim involved. I, I, I don't know what. Even I'm the Seer L'Azazel, for sure. And that for sure it happened. The Samikho was done. And that's for sure but giving the sins over. That I understand. The Kapar is a little bit different. And I'm not positive I fully understand it. I, it, it. It's something that so many things are out there. But I will tell you, my swara is knocked out by the vilnagon, And he brings it from the Seer L'Azazel. That goat that was brought to Azazel on Yom Kippur, people are placing their hands on the animal so it carries away their sins. I mean, clearly, the words that these Adam had to say and the words that Adam had to hear were all because of this guy, so will carry away their own sins. Says the Vilna Gon, it seems like you'd have to lean your hands fully, that they're giving their sins over to this guy like you would by an animal, and therefore it's the same thing. Not only that, Rabchaim Knievsky in Time at a Cross says, There is a din. Take up Lusmicha Shchita. Immediately after doing smicha, you have to shuck the animal. When you lean on the animal, right after you finish leaning, you, lean, you get up, immediately the shoke comes and shucks the animal. There's no waiting in between. There's no bringing the animal over to another spot. Take it, shchita. And we learn it from this somach aaron, the shokhat. Aaron sh- leaned his hands on it, and immediately they sheched it. So it means it happened immediately. Well, over here, it says straight out, it says, they, put, they did smicha, the rug mo'oso No stop. They immediately stoned him. It sounds like they had to do it right before he was stoned. Sounds like that had to happen right then. Additionally, there's a Rashi in Erevin, in Nunam that says you have to make a bracha on smicha. There's a bracha on smicha. When you lean on the animal, you say, I don't know if it's al ha-smicha or lismoch es I don't know, because I don't know if somebody else can do it for you. There's a machlok is about that. But you have to make a bracha on smicha of the animal. If so, Rechaim Kayevsky asks, Are you hired to make a bracha here? Do you have to make a bracha on the smicha that you do on this guy? that when you did it on the Makala, it's the only place where you have smicha on a guy. But do you have to make an actual bracha over here? Do you have to make a bracha? He says it could be that one guy makes the bracha for everyone. The first guy to lean on the person makes the bracha. Everybody's Yotzeh. And then he does it for everybody else. But it's such a strange thing. You've never heard of such a thing before. So what was the purpose of smicha today? And we've been saying a little bit over here, what was the purpose? Rashi says, the line is this, al your blood is on your own head. It's your own fault. It's on your own head that you caused this to happen. You're the one who cursed. The punishment for that is killing. And you brought it upon yourself. That's the line that he says. That's the punishment you're going to get. What does this mean? The Das Rabenu Rabbeinu Efrayim, Moshev Zekenim, Panach Raza, Chizkuni, Rush, Tosefis Bracha, Malvim, and many other Achronim. But the Bali Tosvos and the Achronim all say this. They all go involved in, They get involved in this Rasha and say, because the Adam repeated exactly what he said. The Ve'am said to the Adam. what did he say? And one aide would have to get up and he'd have to say straight out, he said the following. He said, Yos, uh, Yaka Yosi is Yosi, which is, uh, you know, again, euphemism that he cursed out a Kodesh Baruch Hu's name. Yosi referring to Hashem's name. you would say exactly that. When the Dayanim would hear it, the Dayanim heard the words coming from the Edom's mouth, they tore Kriya. They tore Kriya that they had to hear Hashem's name cursed. And once they heard that, They're the people that do smicha to say, this is such a terrible sin that they couldn't get out of because they had to hear it. They said they did smicha to say, the fact that we had to be involved with this, the fact that the adam had to say it again is on your head. So the guy would say, what do you mean? I didn't make you say it again. The Dayanam and the Aiden would say, no, we had to do it because that's part of the din. But nobody wanted to do it. The fact that we're doing it is on your head. We're blaming you. And that's why they did smicha to say, it's not on us. We might have done something wrong, but it's not on us. It's on you. And they leaned on that guy to say as if you're the one who's at fault and you alone, nobody else involved. The Ibn Ezra says a little bit differently. He says they did smicha because it was through their testimony that this man had to die. The Ibn Ezra seems to say they were somewhat at fault. They were at fault as well. Not because they cursed Chash They weren't involved in the curse at all. But you were there. Just hearing it is terrible. You were there at the time when somebody blasphemed HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't need you there. Somebody else could have been there at that time to hear this guy do this. But you were there when you are involved in something. Even just by hearing it, you're blamed. And that is the scariest thing in the world to think for a second that it's not necessarily my fault, but I'm still blamed for it. I didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but I still take the blame for it. That's the worst thing in the world to hear, that I might still be blamed for something that I had nothing to do with. I literally had nothing to do with it, and yet still I'm blamed for it. That's the concept that Ibn Ezra talks about, and it adds to this. And he says, the man, this man caused them to hear something evil. If they had done something in the past that would have allowed them to escape it, they wouldn't have been there. But they did something in the past that also had something to do with cursing Hashem. They didn't curse Hashem, these Adim. But they were there for it. They must have done something somewhat wrong in order to be around for it. So not only is this guy, the blasphemer, blamed, but even the Adim and even the Dayanim have somewhat of a blame to have been involved in such a It There's a Gemara with Rabbi Yashua ben Levi. Rabbi Yashua Levi, a, 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 a lion, ate somebody in his vicinity, within three mil or three parts of where Rebbe Yeshua Levi lived. Eliyahu Anavi refused to visit Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi after that happened. Yashua Levi didn't know why. So he fasted. Eventually, Rabbi Ashwa, Rabbi, Eliyahu Anavi appeared to him. And he said, why didn't you visit me? He said, how could you not have davened that this doesn't happen in your area? How can you not have davened for that? He was blaming Rebbe Yeshua Levi for not davening. For such a thing to happen. The fact that such a horrible thing happened and it was around you means you're also to blame for it. We say this by the Kohen Gadol. Why is it that a person who kills Bishoge goes to an Eremikla, he gets out, the guy goes out when the Kohen Gadol dies. Well, that's crazy. He'll daven for the Kohen Gadol to die. He wants to leave. He'll daven for the Kohen Gadol to die. Why would he do that? And the answer is, it's such a crazy thing. The Kohen Gadol didn't daven, says the governor, didn't daven for this not to happen. So because he didn't daven for it not to happen, it's, he's somewhat to blame. He is the leader. It's on him. It's on him to have known that this could have happened. We see this throughout how David Melech is blamed for Novir HaKohanim. Even the Novi HaKohanim was killed by Doig Gadomi at the behest of Sheol Amelach, because David Melech was running away from Sheol. And yet David is blamed for Novir HaKohanim. He's captured by Yishbi Benov, that giant in Sanhedrin, because of Novi HaKohanim. What did he do? He was running away. But even then, there's something involved. And whenever there's something involved, you're still somewhat blamed for it. It's a scary natif, such a scary natif. The Moshe of Zakanim says in his second answer by the Maram, there are many examples of this, where there are some strange laws that apply by one case and don't apply to the other. So he says, I'm not bothered. Why is there smicha in this case of Mikawel and not by anyone else in the Torah? Nowhere else do you lean on a person in the Torah. Why is that so? He says, okay, each thing has its own laws. Says Moshe of Zekinim from the Maram, everything has their own laws. By an Dachas you burn everything in the city. That's not true by anywhere else. It's just a din by Dajas. right? So this too has a separate din. Benzorimor is also a weird din. He says there are cases that are each one are different. And it's not that big of a deal. The Moscow David says something amazing. And I, I didn't have enough time and I didn't put enough effort, I'll be honest, to try to see if this is true or not. Does it apply anywhere else? But I took the Moscow David's word for this. Moscow David says the reason why this is the one where the macalo is leaned on, it's the only serious Avera where you can be killed for just speaking and not doing anything at all. You're just speaking, not doing anything else. No, no action is happening afterward. But just speaking, you are killed for it. I, I didn't look enough into this. It says, Bal-Ov. Ove is an interesting thing where you're talking to the dead and you get killed for it but there's a misa involved with Baal Ove, either the bone that you stick in the armpit or like something the you don't where you put it underneath there your... so you might be talking to the dead but there's a misa involved in Baal Ove, and that's why you're killed so there's something there cursing your parents cursing your parents he says also gets you killed so if you curse out your parents, you get killed. Why is that not? You don't do smich over that guy, and he says because cursing your parents causes a kitrug, an accusation in Shemayim against the parents, and therefore Shemayim might do something to the parents because of it. That's a pella. But the Masukal David says, so cursing your parents is also an action. Something happens because of it. But here, blaspheming Hashem, saying something horrible about it. That, there's nothing else there. And therefore, this is the case where you do smicha, and in no other case do you do that. The Be'er Basada says, maybe the reason why is because it's the first case of Misa in the Torah. Think about this for a second. It's the first time that Beisden has been called in to kill someone. Moshe Rabbeinu himself was even shocked. He wasn't sure what to do. He wasn't sure. The Mikal cursed out Hashem and he had to convene with the Kodesh He had to put him in a mishmar. They had to put him in jail to figure out what to do with this guy because he wasn't sure. Now, Granted, there was no Hasra, no warning. It was a little bit different. What were you going to say? What about uh, Korach? Korach was not killed yet that there was the Makoshish. The Makoshish wasn't involved either. The Makoshish meaning the, the wood chopper. This is the first time that you have something like this happening. Where it's the first time you had somebody getting killed. When you have the first time, then we can have such a thing. When you have that, right? Sounder, just say shalom uh, aleichem. But, but this is the first time you had such a thing. But that's the very beside That's That's an amazing thing that's mentioned over here. They can't be, they can't be blamed for that. That's why they did the smicha and why it was different. This kid's different because it's the first. And then there's the gurari. The ma'aral says an unbelievable thing over here. An unbelievable thing. And he goes on. He says, he heard the reason why they do this, why they do smichahs, because normally, Bayeson investigates the through the edim very, very well. They go to each aid and say, what did you hear? They take the other aid out of the room. They ask one aid, what did you hear? Then they bring the other eight in. What did you hear? They tell them everything. And then they can testify. They get each one of their testimonies. Are you sure? Are you positive you heard that? What about this? Did you really do that? They investigate further and further and further. And they do that by the second aid. They pull the other eight in. Are you sure? Are you positive? What did you hear? And they go on and on and on. And each one, they do one thing after the other. They investigate each one of them to try to figure out what they were going to say. You can't do that here. Because since this is cursing God and the them have to say what they heard, we don't want it to be done twice. So instead, we have both the item there together. One aid says what he heard. The other aid nods his head or shakes his head. Yes, that's what happened, or no, that's what happened. And the diadem accept it as it is. See, normally you have the ability, normally you have the ability to test another guy. Normally you can go up to a guy and say, let's find out about this. What about that? You can test it. But here you can't do that to the second guy. So we tell him, it's your own fault. It's your own fault because cursing our Kodesh Baruch Hu, there was nothing we could do. We wanted you to have the opportunity to save your life. We wanted to test out these Adim, but we couldn't because we couldn't go any further. That's how the Gurariah says it from the Be'er Hetev. And the Gurariah argues vehemently. He says, that's wrong. There's no way. They did everything they could to save the guy. Every time, whenever the Dayanim heard that somebody had cursed out God, they didn't just want to kill him. They did everything they could. Granted, they couldn't do everything they do by other cases, but they did everything they could. They, testi- they made sure that the testimony was 100% true. They didn't just hear it and be like, Oy and then close their ears and kill the guy. That's not what they did. He says the Gurayyeh, that can't be it. He doesn't believe that that's the idea whatsoever. So he says, in a pure Maharal fashion, in the Gurayyeh fashion, he says, S'micha and Domo Barosho, this idea that Rashi brings down, is because every Chiyuv Misa in the Torah is on a different level. When a person breaks Shabbos, let's say, right, and he has got to be punished through Beisden. You break Shabbos, something happens. The punishment is simply through the Beisden. And therefore, there's no Domo Barosha. There's no Smicha, Because he's punished because Beisden gets involved. They go to Beisden and they say, okay, this is what the guy did. He broke Shabbos. We warned him. He said, afal piken. We have to have him killed. Says Beisden, okay, the law is we got to kill you. So they go ahead and they give him some of misa. That's not true when one curses our Kedosh name. You curse a Baruch Hu's name, says the Gerarie, it's the worst sin imaginable. If you would list all the sins on a totem pole, what's the best, what's the, I guess, the least sin and the worst sin? He says, the Gerarie says, the worst sin imaginable is cursing out a Baruch Hu. He says, A zara, worshipping an idol that's misplaced avoda Sashem. It's misplaced Avodah You want to serve God, you're just not sure how. You don't know who God is. You don't know how God represents himself. So when you take an idol and you look at it and you say, I'm going to bow down to this, you're just an idiot. And that happens. Fools make mistakes. When you have a mistake that's made, that's that. And that's that. The guy's over at Avodah He's high of Misa. The basin has to put him to death. Just like by Shabbos, just like by anything else that he did wrong. He's got to be put to death. But he's not blasphemy. He's not going against the ichor of what the world's all about. Cursing out a Qadrish Barahu, he says, cursing out a Qadrish Barahu is done with malice. You know who a Baruch who is. is. You know what a Baruch who stands for. And you're cursing him out saying he's nothing. He, God is nothing. God means nothing to me. That, he says, is denying the ichor. It's Dumo Berosho. What you're doing, you've bloodied the Rosh, so to speak. The head of all mitzvahs. The idea behind everything. Once you're beyond that, there's no hope for that person. There's nothing you can do. So the smicha on his head and telling him your blood is on your own head says the Maral is a remez that we're saying to him, you don't realize how bad this sin is. This is the worst of the worst. And that's why you're getting killed. It's a remez not to give my sins over to that guy the way the other Rishonim were saying it. Not to say to the guy, I can't believe that we were involved. That's not it. He's saying this is the worst sin possible. That's what they're doing. And as we said before, it's such a sin. You look at the list of the Shevamitzahs B'nai Noach. Murder I get, Gilead Rice I get, Avodah I get, stealing I get. I even Din I can understand in a way. Eber Minachai is a little bit questionable, but we understand the concept of cruelty, and that, I guess, hits us. But Bircha Sashem, cursing out God, is in the Shevamitzahs B'nai Noach? There's nothing else that you would assume would go in the B'nai Noach except for this, and says the Gorarik. Yeah, of course. That's the worst. That's the idea behind it. This is the absolute worst. And he says, that's why Gemara and Sanhedrin says, Memtesum obeys, the Gemara and Sanhedrin proves from this, from the, the Mekalel, that Skila is the worst Misa imaginable. It's Machlokis. Machlokis, Rebbe Shimon, and Rebbe Yuda. Machlokis, Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe which is the worst? Is it Skila or is it Sreipa? Which one is the worst death? And the Gemara proves, it says, I know that Skila is the worst because you give Skila to a Mekalel. That's the Gemara. The Gemara says, because a will gets Skella. Hold on a second. Why not prove from, I don't know, one of the Arias? Why not prove from Arias that the Arias, and that's it, I would even say that herring is the worst. Murder. What's worse than murder? Why not prove from a vodazara? A vodazara gets Skella and you prove from there that Skeela is the worst. But no, no 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 no. No. We're saying that no. You know what the worst is? Mikau. And if Mikhail gets Skila, then Skila is the worst death possible. It, it's unreal. But that's the idea behind it. So he goes on and he says, I don't understand. But there was no Hasra, no warning. Typically speaking, when you have a guy who's Chayiv Misa, you have to go to the guy and you have to say, do you realize that if you do what you're about to do, you're Chayiv Misa? You're going to get this. And in fact, you have to be exact about it. You have to say, if for example, if the guy is doing something, let's say the guy is about to murder somebody else. So you say, don't do that or you're Chayiv Saif. You're Chaib saiv. you're going to be killed, Herig, whatever it is, you're going to be Chaib that. If you would say the opposite way, if you go up to the guy and say, you better not kill that guy or you'll be Chaib Srefa." and the guy says, Afal nonetheless, I'm going to kill him. And then we find out, he said Sreifah in his warning, the guy's not killed, the murderer is not killed because he didn't give him the proper warning. The guy could claim later on, if I knew it was, if I knew it was Herig, I wouldn't have done it. That's what the guy can claim. So over here, how could they kill the blasphemer? The guy, the guy got up and cursed out a Qadosh Baruch Hu, and he can claim, I was never warned. Nobody ever warned me. Nobody told me what the death was. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, after it happened, wasn't sure what to do. He wasn't sure what to do. This was at best Hasra'a Suffolk. Hasra'a that's given with a Suffolk. How in the world did this happen? Says the Gerarie, no, 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 no. That's only when the punishment is known from the Torah, and you have to know what punishment it is when you're going through. If it's when the Torah was still being given and they're figuring it out in the mid-bore and over the 40 years of the desert, remember, even though every law was given in even every law was given in Sinai, and they knew everything, there were certain things that were meant to be vague and they had to learn it over the next 39 and a half years in the desert where they... They spent all that time sitting and going over the diukim and certain things in the Torah where they knew everything but they weren't sure about everything. They had to figure it out as time went on. When that happens to the Gaurari, before you know these things, there's no Hasra needed. The, even just haswa, don't do that, is good enough. Nowadays, we need real Hasra, or not even nowadays. When Baisdin was working, you needed real Hasra, but not before Matan Torah, not, or not before they knew all the laws by the end of the of the 40 years. Therefore, everything was a little bit different. Yeah. before yeah. person says anything typically speaking you're going to watch the guy go get angry first so the guy's getting angry and angry and you see where he's going and you see where he's going and then you say quickly don't say anything about a Kaddish Barakal right? that's what you'd have to do how you do that obviously that's hard but th- that would have to be the case and if not, if you don't get there in time then he's not killed, he's just not killed it's not that he has to be <laughs> that, that, that's true I don't think this guy's trying to be Matthiasim the guy is just trying to stop him from doing something which he knows he can't come back from. Don't do that. There's a Torah more. I've I mentioned the Torah more recently a lot more often. There were two things the Makala did. And it's in fact, the, everything we set up until now, says the Torah more, is not pshat. We've been saying he cursed out God and he has to be killed. It's the worst sin possible. All those things. And they're putting Smeich for that reason. Says the Torah more, that's not why this Makala was killed. And that's why Hashem wasn't sure. This is the pshat. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looked at the case and said, yes, he cursed my name out. Says the Torah more, but I haven't warned them about this yet. I haven't told them what the death is. The exact opposite of the Gorariyeh. I haven't said anything yet. He's not Chayim Misa for cursing out me. That he's not chayiv Misa for. You know what he's Chayim Misa for? He didn't just curse out Hashem. He cursed Moshe as well. Says the Torah more, he wasn't being killed for cursing out Hashem. He's being killed for cursing out Moshe, says the Torah more. He's being killed for cursing out Moshe, and that's the idea behind it. He said, if he would have done Mephuras, he just would have said, I'm cursing out Hashem. That's out Hashem. he's not okay. But there would have been no death involved. And that's why Moshe been, it was misoffic. He said, I don't know what to do in this case. And Hashem said, you're right, you're right to be misoffic. He wouldn't have been killed for that. But he cursed you that we can't allow. We can't allow Moshe Rabbeinu's covenant to be missing even one iota. Ben Yisrael need Moshe Rabbeinu, and when he did that, he said he's out. He's absolutely out. There's no law in the Torah of you curse a Talmud Chacham. you misa. you skila. That it doesn't mention in the Torah, but it does mention. I'm sorry. Shemalukachatira. The rabbi's telling me to come in, but that's not a law where it says you get skila if you don't fear Hashem. This we're looking for an actual skila. This was a whole Ross Shaw, based on what he did to Moshe Rabin because of what we needed and what we needed at the time. It's an unbelievable line, unbelievable line that a Kaddish who cared more about this for Moshe Rabbeinu than for anybody else because of what was needed at the time. We don't have that much time. I'm going to skip the Balaturim. There's an amazing Balaturim as well as the Torah's Goana, but I'm going to skip that for right now. The Hotzei, this word, Hotzei as Makala appears five times in Tanakh and all of them are connected to each other. It's a great line. I just learned that part in Navi. We did Navi last night. One of them is in Malachim Bays. Regardless, the Chizkuni says, although they stone him, they don't stone his clothing. It's him that gets stoned. Barag so, but they don't stone his clothing. And what the Chizkuni says is the Gemara, they strip him naked before he's stoned. They take off all of his clothes. They allow him to be as he is. And they stone him that way. He wasn't wearing anything. Was he wearing a loincloth, something in front? I don't know. I don't know. But he wasn't wearing clothing. Virugmo Oso, the lowest xuso, not his clothing. And they would do that on purpose as an embarrassment. Four Amos away from the place they would stone him, they made him take off his clothes. And it's lame over here that this is for all future generations. Any type of case where they're going to do skilah, they made sure that the person was not clothed. And then they come to Machlokas. Machlokas is an Hedron, Memheh Amad Aleph, Memheh and Aleph, in which it asks, are women chayiv in skilah? If a woman does something, who's chayiv in skilah? Do you give skilah to a woman or not? And there's an opinion in the Gemara, there's an Amor in the Gemara that says they can't because this would be improper. The only way to stone a person is for the person to be unclothed. But a woman can't be unclothed. That wouldn't be tznias in any which way. It would be too big of a punishment and the people around there wouldn't be able to handle it. So therefore, a woman doesn't get skila. That's an opinion in the Gemara. That's an amorah in the Gemara. That this hotse oso, they bring up rugmo oso, I'm sorry, that they bring him out and they stone him is an exclusion that women are not included in it. That women are not going to be over there. Others say, no, it's an exclusion that women do get skila, but they have to be clothed. That they do, uh, they are clothed when, it, when they when they have having it. But it's machlokis in the Gemara itself. I have no idea what the, what, what in the end of the halacha is. I was going to look it up in the Rambam, then I realized it's probably a hilchos because they haven't given skila since the times over over there. It probably would be in the aracha sholchanah asid, which I did not look up. The meshicha says that may be the reason why the word oso oh, does not appear later on when it says vinakav. It says Yirgamubo, etc. Because women may be included in that so it wouldn't be because women are killed with their clothing on. But whether they actually get it, that right there is a is a Shiloh. We'll end with this. The Chizkuni says that this shows that that Egyptian man, meaning the son of the Jewish woman, but the also the son of the Egyptian man, this guy, the Makala, must have been Megayar. He must have been Megayar before he cursed out. Because otherwise, he would have been a non-Jew. And a non-Jew... When he curses out, when he is when he's curses out a Baruch Hu, all non-Jews are killed by scythe, by the sword. They're not killed with stoning. It must be that he had been Megayer at some point, because even though obviously his mother was Jewish, so you'd think he'd be Jewish also, this is before Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, it did not go by the mother, it went by both, or maybe just the father, but it's different before Matan Torah. Says the Chizkuni, it must be he was Megayer, he entered Matan Torah at some point or came in at some point and therefore was Chayef Skila. He says an unbelievable thing over here, it says the Alshikh, that this punishment was being meted out because of that reason. It's possible that this guy had something wrong. Something was wrong even in his gerus. And that's the reason why he deserved a skila. It's a strange alshech. A strange alshech. But don't think this only applies to a ger. It applies to everybody. Right after this, it says, Ish, Ish, any man, even a full-fledged Jew who does this would still get skila for doing this exact thing. But it's a strange line that Chizkuni says over there. So either way, what we learn from this pasuk is from the Makawal itself is how much we're saying what it means to be a mekawal, what they did with the smicha, why they did smicha, the great Gur Arye, as to what this Skila was all about, what the the Smicha was all about, the Chiddush from the Torah more, and finally with this Keskhuni over here, whether it applies to women or not. Have a good job, as everybody.